in Luke, the 20th chapter. I'm going to call it Crafty Politicians. So Luke, the 20th chapter, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you again for the great family you've put around us and those that have a heart to seek you day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, because they love you, they love your word. They make it easy for me to pastor and ask you, Lord, to bless them for what they've uh, uh, given to me as far as my, their appreciation for me and the work we do here. Uh, Lord, I just fill the shoes and you fill the cups. So we ask that you just continue to bless our service today. Have your way through your eternal word in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read in Luke the 20th chapter. I'm going to start in verse 20 and read down through verse 26. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And they watched him and sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his word, so that they might deliver him in, unto the power authority of the governor. And they, added, they asked him, saying, Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly, Neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teachest the way of God truly. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? But he perceived their craftiness and said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Show me a penny. Whose, in, whose image and superscription hath it? And they said, Caesar's. And he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God. And they could not take hold of his words before the people. And they marveled at his answer and held their peace. Here we have a scripture that starts out with the same old, same old, if you would, and it says in verse 20, they. You ever figure out who they is? Well, in English writing, it says they watched him, and they is always the pronoun supposedly that follows the noun that precedes it to let you know who they are. And in verse 19, I didn't read it, but verse 19 says it's the chief priests and the scribes. That's the they that are coming to Jesus uh, if you would, in, in this scenario that Scripture makes real to us. So, first of all, we know who they are now. Now, as far as I know, and as far as I can study in the Word of God, the chief priests are supposed to be the ones doing the work in the temple. That's their job. All they do is get up in the morning, go to the temple, take care of any offerings, take care of all lighting, take care of all the sacrifices. Um, sometimes it can be a kind of a bloody job. They have to do the different works and put the blood in the right places and the carcasses in the other right places, keep the fire flowing for the sacrifices. That was their job. And they were supposed to not only know the law of God, but they were to see that the law of God was completely followed. So they had to know 
what God had taught in the Old Testament, what was recorded in the Old Testament for the chief priest's job. Amen? First, in their personal lives, they had to make sure that they were the example to those that were considered to be the people of God. They had to have a, a, a conscience about them that they were living the best they could for the, uh, and they were drawing and keeping that law close to their hearts and to have a clear conscience before God in everything they did. Remember, Moses was the leader of God's people and the judge of the wrongs that they did in all their travels. But Aaron was appointed to be the high priest. In other words, he was in charge of what takes place in their tabernacle as they traveled from Egypt to Canaan land. Aaron was in charge of keeping the law in front of all the people. Or, for example, they had to do all the sacrifices. If you committed a sin, there was a portion of the law that said that sin requires two turtle doves be sacrificed. So what'd you do? You took them, you gave them to the high priest. He took it from there, poor turtle doves. Oh well, we always got extra. Then he would do the altar work. Amen. He kept the altar straight. He would do the, what had to be done there for the people of God. And one of the hardest jobs on the altar, if they didn't have enough sacrifices burning, if you would, he had to keep the fire going. Amen. It's kind of like my fireplace in the winter. I got to get up in the middle of the night sometimes and throw a couple logs on. If I don't, in the morning, the fire will be out. So it's a, a, a constant job that they had to do continually to keep the fire going. Now, no pun intended, but their work was pretty much cut and dry. All right. Again, I didn't know if you'd get that one or not. I thought I had a good joke, and you guys didn't get that. But this one you got. I appreciate that. Pay attention. You never know when they're going to pop up. Again, they were, first of all, to be sinless before they entered the tabernacle or to what they called the Holy of Holies for the sacrifice uh, scenario. And first of all, they had to be right with God before they went in. If you remember... As Aaron got up in years, they knew that they have to pass the torch down to the next generation. Aaron had two sons. And, of course, they had to watch Dad, learn how Dad did it, so that they would be the generation carried on. But guess what happened to them? Ah, oh, you know, don't you? They tried to enter with sin in their life, and God struck them dead. So they had to go to two other brothers to, to step up and do the job because if you don't do it right God can't use you amen that should strike a note for some of us amen you got to take your job seriously if you're going to do what God wants you to do in your life but as time moved on down through history man has always not just the high priests and the scribes but man has always tried to if you would push the boundaries a little bit you know, how close can I get to hell and still be on my way to heaven? Amen? For me, it's not a question. I want to be as far away from hell as I can get so that I know 
where my eternal destiny will be. But man has always seemingly tried to push the, the buttons of God and tried to see just how far they could go uh, without putting their whole heart into the service of God. In other words, instead of being a true high priest, they became political priests. They, they put on the, enough law to hold the position, but a lot of them were driven by their personal motives. The same was true of the scribes. Their job was to write the word of God exactly as it was. Now when they kept the word of God back in those older days, they didn't have printing presses. They didn't have really the good paper or some kind of recording that would last for generations and generations. They had what they wrote on with sheepskin and they used inks that they made or dye whatever they had, and they dip feathers in it most of the time, and they would write exactly word for word because as they rolled the scrolls up and unrolled them, over the years they would dry. They would crack. They would break. Who's that? And uh, so they would then have to rewrite all of that every year to make sure that everything stayed consistent in what God had said to the people. So here's what the scribe's job was to preserve that. And I guess over the years, sometimes people want to update. You know, we, a lot of people think the 1611 King James Version is outdated. So they write their own version of the scripture. Uh, well, I understand. why I need to hear from them. I don't know anybody in Oxford. Okay, anyway. Scum spam something. Anyway, uh, back to the message. Uh, they wanted to try to appear smarter than the average Joe. Amen? It must be important. They're buzzing my shirt off. Amen. But that, they'll have to wait. Amen. So here we find that when Jesus... Uh, was talking to these scribes and Pharisees and trying to show them, um, if you would, the way that God wanted them to live or how to do it. And, of course, that's what he's teaching prior to them coming and watching him. Uh, they tried to set a trap for him. Now, I don't know if any of you have seen any political advertisements... But the, the main thing they seem to do is try to throw negative cold water on their opponent, make him or her look as bad as they can so that they won't be able to see their particular shortcomings or faults. So the they that were watching him in verse 20, the, the scribes and Pharisees, they wanted to learn the ways of God, not necessarily, but rather see how the people responded so they could modify their lives and still regain the respect of the people without really caring for the people. Amen? Does that make sense? Because we're talking here about crafty politicians. 
Oh, these people, they acted like they were interested when they asked the question of Jesus, but it's just like the politicians of today. They go out and they have everybody take these polls. I don't know who those guys are that take the polls. Um, and I've even got some calls from them and I tell them I'm too busy to, to fool with it, go to somebody else more important or somebody else that cares. But uh, they take those polls and if they see in the polls that the people really like this or that, guess what their next advertisement's about? Oh, I love this and that too. I'm on your team is the way they wanna appear. What? Love, love, love. All right, Bonnie, way to go. All right. But there, the scripture says that when they came to Jesus, in verse uh, 20 here, that they uh, sent forth spies. Now, why would they send forth spies? Well, let me read that to you. I'm going to read it in the everyday, that particular portion of this. And it says in verse 20, so they watched Jesus and they sent some spies who act like they were sincere. Oh, they wanted to trap Jesus in saying something wrong so they could hand him over to the authority and the power of the governor. Oh, so they sent spies to trap him. Of course, the King James says they sent spies which could feign. Feign means pretend. They spent pretend for, uh, spies. Have you ever had pretend spies come around and ask you a question? All they want to know is how you stand on a subject, and then when you turn your back, they go on like you never even said anything. But they want to know how you feel about it before they go any farther. So the word feign here, um, they just weren't sincere. They wanted to pretend like they were sincere. And they wanted everyone to think of them as the just men, righteous looking, but not righteous doing. Those men, they were on a mission. They were trying to take hold of his words, the scripture says. In other words, they wanted to catch him saying something wrong that they could condemn him for the wrong they said. Amen? I don't know about you, but I remember one, a president in my past that got uh, in a lot of trouble for having a phone call with another leader of another country. Okay? And they put that out. The opposite party put it out as what he said. And then you know what the other president did when he did, they did that? Because they put out a false statement about it. He put out the true transcript of what the call was. There was no more hiding behind the law, the lie that they were telling about him because the truth was there. And it made no difference whatsoever to those people. You could still hear the echoes in the background say, you know what he said to that guy? That was terrible. And we got the transcript that he didn't say that at all. But there are so many people that believe everything they hear just throw it out there, and half of them's going to believe it anyway. Amen? So here they are. They're acting like prosecuting attorneys. Have you ever been on the witness stand? Oh, yeah. And the attorney's trying to ask you questions so that you'll answer the question in the words that they can twist to make it sound like you don't know what you're doing or you're on the wrong side of this issue. 
That's the way they're trained in college to do this stuff. Now, see, back in Jesus' day, they were just on the ground level. They didn't really have the training they needed to twist Jesus into a knot. But nowadays, man, they can get you on the stand, and you try to tell the truth. No, I said just answer yes or no. You ever hear that on from a... Oh, yeah, that's what they always... Did you, yes or no? Well, now, wait a minute. This not all the, no, yes or no? Well, that's the way they try to operate. All right, so they will, all they want to do is get you to use words they can twist and stab you with them. Amen? So they were trying to trap Jesus, to catch him in his very own words. Man, were they crafty politicians. Amen? They didn't listen to Jesus to learn from him. They'd listen to get words they could twist to get him to say something wrong. The ultimate goal was to destroy Jesus publicly in the eyes of the people and then they would appear as the knights in shiny armor coming in to rescue the people from this weird old guy named Jesus that's running around telling everything that they uh, weren't the kind of people they really were supposed to be. If the people lost respect for Jesus because they twisted what he said, that was their goal. That was what they tried to do. Amen? And what they could do for the people, they could do it without resistance from the people. Amen? And their goal was to deliver Jesus to the governor. Now, who you know who the governor was? Pilate. Well, you know what happened between Jesus and Pilate later on? Ah, uh, yeah, finally they got enough people to say the wrong things about Jesus, and they were all lies. If you read the book, you know they were lying about Jesus, and he never hurt anybody. But because enough people believed their lies, these crafty politicians, they had enough evidence to put it forth to Pilate, and Pilate tried him three times and said, I find no fault in this man. Huh. He was the only one who had his eyes open while the rest of the world around Jesus were blindfolded, if you would. But their plan was to get rid of Jesus once and for all. Amen? Now, we know the rest of the story. They eventually did get their way. Amen? He did get crucified, and the only one that could give permission for crucifixion was Pilate. The Jews weren't allowed to kill another Jew. That was against the law. That's pretty good law, I think, uh, especially if they're innocent of anything. But they didn't know that while they were playing to the governor of the people, God was playing them. And God was using them in their craftiness to catch them in their own craftiness and reveal who they really were after Jesus was crucified according to God's will. Amen? They were thinking they were getting rid of him. All they did was open the door to the plan of salvation and offered the sacrifice in the Passover season for the Lamb of God, for whosoever will, salvation to be reality. Amen? So in verse 21, here's their plot. Let's brag on him, first of all. If they come up and brag on you first, look out. Because while they're patting you on the shoulder with one hand, they're usually stabbing you in the back with the other hand. 
Let's tell him how much we love him. Let's tell him how much we respect him. Let's tell him he's the greatest there ever was. Acknowledge what great teachings he's putting forth about God and God's ways. But Isaiah says in Isaiah 29, 13, I think I marked that here. Isaiah 29, 13 says, Wherefore the Lord says, For as much as these people draw near to me with their mouth and with their lips, do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Brother Weaver used to call that giraffe religion. Their lips are way out here praising you, but their hearts clear back here turned against you. Amen? Some, of, some people have a trouble making that 10-inch connection between your heart and your brain sometimes. We need to work on that, don't we? But he said their hearts they honor them, but with their or with their lips they honor him, but with their heart they devise wickedness. If Isaiah knew their hearts, don't you think Jesus knew them just as well or better? So Jesus knew what was going on. Amen? In verse 22, here's the question. Is it lawful? Mm -hmm. That's awful nice of them to think about being lawful when they're, what they're trying to do is totally against the law. But is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? Now Caesar, who is he? He's the king in Rome. Okay? Pilate works for Caesar. But now they Romans had, if you would, the strong arm effect and had Jerusalem under their thumb even from Rome. They had Roman soldiers in there. You didn't straighten up. You didn't give what you were supposed to give to Rome. Those Roman soldiers would come get you, just like the IRS will in, in USA today. You don't pay your taxes, you'll hear a knock at the door. Amen? All right, and now they've got even computers to track you down. You can't get very far, and it's not going to take long for them to find you. And if you say, well, I don't have no money, that's okay. We'll just take your house or we'll take whatever you got and we'll tap into your income and the first 30% of your income will come to us until you're paid up. How's that sound? Well, they don't like that idea. But it was no different in their day and time. They hated paying taxes to Caesar. Everybody, every Jew hated that. They knew the Romans hated the Jews and the Jews hated the Romans. But to survive... You had to do it, or they would uh, knock on your door or on your head, one of the two. So here's the first trap. Is it lawful? Hmm. Well, as Jews, should we pay taxes to Rome is the question they're asking. And you know, the Jews and the Romans were total enemies. We must remember, taxes come from a political power and not from a spiritual power. Okay? Even in the old days, way back before Saul became king, God warned him, why do you want a king? Samuel said, you don't want a king. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take your kids and make them march in his army. He's going to make you pay taxes. He's going to tell you what to do and when to do it. You don't want a king. People say, oh, yeah, we want a king, just like all the other nations have a king. Well, they've all got kings, and they all was their downfall for most of them. Amen. 
So here we go. Taxes are for political reasons. And there's no tax in the world designed to make you spiritual. Not even tithing makes you spiritual. That's not even a tax. It falls in a different category. But we need to differentiate between the political and the spiritual. As Americans, the taxes we pay are supposed to make our lives better. I know that in years gone by, that the tax dollars have put in streets and highways, and I appreciate them, even though they're full of chuck holes and, and they're always got orange barrels lined up and they're rerouting them and they're doing all the makeshift to them. Um, it does make it easier for me to get to church if the highway's open. Amen? And I appreciate that. It just, it just works out. And that's so I really didn't mind paying my taxes because I saw a benefit from them. But it costs a lot of money to have a military to protect us from enemies, foreign and domestic. But crafty politicians have convinced us that they're using our money wisely on the surface, but way too many dollars are passed under the table that we're not supposed to know about or even see or even think of. Amen? Just because there are crooked politicians is not a reason for us not to pay our taxes. Amen? We need to expose the corruption that's doing the wrong thing, put a light on it, or put pressure on the ones that are doing wrong, and we have the privilege of voting them out of office. It takes a while, sometimes generations, to get things straightened out that shouldn't be going on. But then, guess what? The more craftier the politician is, he then applies for the job that for the person that we voted out of the office. Before you cast a vote, check their record. Amen? And don't be afraid to let them know where you stand on issues. They all have phone numbers. Every politician has a phone number. And if you want to vote for them, you have every right to call that number and say, what do you stand on this issue? And let them know. So what they need to do is check out some. What are some of the strong issues you should think? Judy, what are you doing? Well, give it to her. Don't tease her with it. Take that candy for that crafty politician keeps trying to take your taxes. All right. All right. All right, I'll preach now. All right, here's here we go. Check out their records. Go talk to them if you need to. What is important to you? What are some issues that personally? And I, I know there are a lot of different thoughts on a lot of different issues and whatever. For me, I got to tell you, I think personally, you, know, you don't even have to listen if you don't want to, I think abortion is murder. Yes. 
Okay, that's just my opinion just from what I can draw from the scripture. I don't think God smiles on abortion. So before I want to vote for somebody, I'd like to know their stand on abortion. Now, I'm not talking about rape or incest or the, the, the health of the mother. I'm not talking, in, I'm just talking about birth control, if you would, uh, being a form of abortion. I'm against that. And I really don't think my tax dollars should be paying for that. But it is, and it depends on what party of the individual in the Oval Office is as to whether it is. You know, when Ronald Reagan went in office, first thing he did was sign an executive order saying no tax dollars going to pay for abortion. And that's something. Well, it didn't take long because the next president was a Democrat. You know what he did? He signed an executive order saying, yep, we're going to pay for all of them. Then in, by the time the next Republican got in, he wrote a different one. Then the, the, and back and forth it went like a ping pong ball on a, on a ping pong table as to whether we should pay for abortions or not. Believe it or not, your tax dollars have paid for way too many uh, abortions whether you like it or not. So here we are in this issue. The second thing we need to question on this is who will be paying our taxes to? You don't like paying taxes to America? You know what you have the right to do? You can sell out everything you own, pack up what you want to take with you, and you can move. You can go somewhere else and pay taxes to somebody else if you like the way they're running their country better. Amen. You can do that. You have that right. Amen. So here we are. When they ask the second part of the question, who should we be paying our taxes to? In other words, Jesus, what we want you to do is say, you should pay taxes to Caesar. Ah, we'd have him if he'd say that. But that's not what he said. Huh? You could get Jesus to say something bad about Caesar. Man, you could call the Romans in and drag him right on down to Pilate's house and right on out to the cross if we could get him to do that. But Jesus was too smart for that. Amen? He would have to go straight to jail and would not collect $200 if they would just get him to say, ah, Caesar's no good. Amen? They would have put him away as soon as they could get their hands on him. Remember now, Pilate works for Caesar. His job was to get rid of anyone that had anything bad to say against Caesar. Amen? That's, that's a shame, but there are governments that if you don't say the right things, yeah, it could cost you your life. Amen. In reality, all the Jews in Jerusalem hated Caesar. They didn't come right out and say it because they wanted to live to see another sunrise. They knew if they said something, they would go to the death really quick at the hands of the Roman soldiers around them. And they had Roman soldiers that, that took delight in beating, torturing, and killing anybody they said needed to be killed. Amen? So in verse 23, Jesus perceives their craftiness. King James even calls it craftiness. Isn't that something? All right. So they tried to play gotcha with Jesus, but was five steps behind everything Jesus did. He asked them the question 
to reveal the motive to the people that they were speaking in front of, if you would. And he says, why tempt ye me? What did I do that you need to tempt me so that you can get me in trouble with the Romans and get rid of me? What did I do to deserve that? The answer is nothing. Notice, when he asked that, they didn't have an answer for that question. They didn't know what he had done wrong. They didn't know that they thought he needed to die even though he hadn't done it. So here goes Jesus with his answer in verse number 24 and 25. He gives them an object lesson. Show me a penny. That's the object lesson. All right? So they, now I want you to understand what a penny was. That was a Roman coin. That is not like what you and I have a penny. The copper ones that we have, that's U.S. Treasury distribution. Amen? They're not really even worth a penny. Cost them, cost, I had heard one time, cost seven cents to make a penny. That's how our government works. But, but nonetheless, it was a Roman coin. And his, the picture on it was of, you guessed it, Caesar. Amen? And those folks there that had to trade money at the temple to even get Roman money to pay the Roman taxes. They couldn't use Jew money to pay Roman taxes. They'd have to go through the, just like when you go to Canada. They want you to bring Canadian money or they'll give you Canadian money in change or exchange that kind of money. All right. So he asked them, whose picture's on that coin? And, of course, they said Caesar. He said, well, if it's Caesar's money, or if it's a way to pay your taxes to your political leader, then pay Caesar. But if he requires of you to pay uh, what you also owe to God. Now, did God have a coin? No. You don't pay God in coins. You pay God in a spiritual part of your life. Amen? So they were required to pay unto Caesar the things that were Caesar and pay God what he requires of you also. That you're, you will be the spiritual person that God wants you to be. With this answer to the question, the answer was very clear. Either pay or move. Right? Everybody got that one? If you don't want to pay taxes to the political system you're under, find another one. If you want, don't like our taxes, you can move to Russia and pay theirs. Or China. You can. You're allowed to do that. You know that? You can throw your citizenship away and go over there and, and become one of their citizens. Oh, by the way, you'll pay uh, for your own spiritual leader no matter who you pay spiritual or political taxes too. You're always going to have to be accountable before God and make sure that the spiritual leader that you put your values in gets what he wants from you also. John, 1 John 4 and 1 says, Beware of false prophets. Said, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. Amen. Because there's a lot of false ones out there. Of course, John knew what he was talking about because he had already seen it for a whole century, if you would, before uh, or after these crafty politicians put their uh, wisdom to the test. So, choose your God 
wisely, whether you spell it with a capital G or a small g, choose your God wisely, whether it's Jesus' father or one of the crafty politicians of Jesus' day or the many gods the world has on display yet in 2022. Joshua said in his writings, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But in verse 26, once again, and this is the final verse, they, we know who they is, could not take hold, Scripture says, of his words. Huh. In other words, they had no leg to stand on to argue against what he said. They couldn't dispute it, what he said to them. It was so clear, the object lesson made it so obvious, they couldn't even dispute what he said. They couldn't argue with him. They couldn't put him down for it. Nothing. It says his words um, that he want, they wanted to do then, and stand before the people would have done one thing if they'd argued with him. Exposed their hypocrisy. That's all arguing with Jesus ever does. Amen. So the crafty politicians just stayed quiet, and the scripture says, and marveled at his answer. Oh, I bet they were throwing bouquets of roses all over him, weren't they? Well, no. They just, like you'd say, a dog that had been whooped, put its tail between its legs and took off. Amen? For me, I always marvel at God's word and God's spirit and what they can do in an individual's life. It amazes me, I gotta tell you. Now I go and like I did, I went for Ollie Friday, went and prayed with him. I do that a lot, not a whole lot, I don't know. I do it, but uh, when people uh, need it or when they ask for it, I go and pray with them. I'm amazed at how marvelous God is to people. Amen. Now. What they do with that when they get back on their feet is up to them. Amen. Amen. Uh, God didn't call me to babysit them. I'm not supposed to give them a nookie uh, and send them on their way. I'm supposed to pray for them and let God and them work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. I think I heard that somewhere before. But anyway, that's what we spoke on Saturday or th Thursday. Amen. I know it doesn't cost me a dime to follow the two witnesses. But it takes everything I got, and I know I'll be rewarded for it. Amen? Just let me say this about tithing. Anyone that thinks it costs too much to tithe doesn't understand tithing. They don't understand what it's all about. Amen? So God's, on God's part... Tithing is his avenue for blessing you. Amen? Now, where'd your money come from? Well, it came from the job, or I earned it, or I... No. God gave you the ability to use that. And when God did that, when he sent you a check in the mail, do you know that when you get that, he knows how far that will go. And he can bless it if you'll keep in touch with him to make sure it stretches all the way to the end 
to get you to where you need to be with Him. That's part of His plan. Amen. Because I know God can do more with 90% than I could do with 100%. So giving Him 10% just lets Him know I'm on your team. I don't mind paying my 10% because I know I need your blessings more than I need that 10%. That's the way it works. Amen. So uh, if God's blessings aren't worth more to you than your tithe, well, you're not going to give it, period. So beware of crafty politicians, whether they're political politicians, whether they're spiritual politicians that don't have your best interest in their heart or their mind. What you should do is follow the truth. And you'll reap the truth from God back into your heart and your life. Check them out. No matter who tells you what, make sure that it's backed up by the Word and the Spirit before you take one step towards making that part of your life because there are a lot of crafty politicians out there that want to make you just follow them because they think they've got a better plan. Well, in their mind, they might. But in God's mind, they could be way off base. So check it out and make sure you do what God wants us to do for his people. Amen? And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy. Just worth it. Praise